song, longing, longing for Jesus. I have a longing in my heart for him. Oh, yes, I'm longing, longing for Jesus. I have a longing in my heart. One more time now. I have a longing, longing for Jesus. I have a longing in my heart. feel a longing in your heart today. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1. We just welcome you today in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. While you're finding your place in the scripture, just wanted to say I really appreciate Brother Jim Morgan for getting these handrails put up this week. Man, I appreciate that, Brother Jimbo. Thank you very much. Amen. God bless you. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye all unto the children, unto all the children of Israel, congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. And your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. 
and that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste, for it is the Lord's Passover. I, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not come upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be to you, unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Amen. What wonderful words of life. God bless you. Can be seated. Amen. Now, as we're just looking at things this morning, I just want to kind of um, look at this, this thought today as we look into the message of the hour and just realize where we are in time because we are now in a very dark hour here in this last Laodicean age. And of course, you know, the death angel is in the land and God is requiring a token sign of the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, the death angel will overtake you. I'm sure that we realize the significance of this and maybe we don't realize maybe the whole full um, scope of what is happening in our world that we're living in. But certainly we're in a very dark hour and where the death angel is definitely going through the land. And as we pointed out to you some weeks ago, uh, the fourth seal shows the last horse rider riding and his name is death and hell follows him. And of course, um, he's poised just to come into full power just as soon as the bride of Christ leaves from here. Now, as we do, you know, we're, we're just seeing, um, you know, sin and vice and evil on the increase every day that we're living in. And it knows no age barriers. It knows no um, rank or dignity or anything else. It's coming into every circle, every facet of life that you can imagine. I, I sometimes go read to you of the... Um, the rate of pornography that people are feeding on today and how many even Christians are involved in the sin. And, um, and, and of course, from there comes every other kinds of vice that you can imagine that is happening. And these things are being done in, um, you know, among the, the world and among those who claim to be Christians alike. I just... Um, now, this is very important to us because of, you know, as a young boy, I was in Life Tabernacle in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I, um, I went to services there. I heard Brother Branham preach there uh, from the time I was just um, an infant, and um, every time that he would come into the Shreveport area, I would go, 
And so Life Tabernacle, you know, has been sort of a, an icon of, uh, of past memories where the Holy Spirit once moved. But somewhere down along the line, they lost the light that they once had. And, um, you know, they would reject the message and the messenger. And, and uh, just uh, this week in the news, there's, um, the, the, the news is reporting that the local pastor of Life Tabernacle in Freeport was arrested in a prostitution sting. And, um, you know, so it, it goes to show you if we don't walk with God, the death angel is going to overtake us. Amen. And they've they're reached a point, you know, where God would send a messenger and, and he would minister right here in that very place. And I think of where he spoke of the super sign and he says, um, you know, that uh, he said, uh, but are we going to sit numb like as the spirit is, is it Ichabod on the life tabernacle that has been rode across the tabernacle, has been rode across the, the churches that I'm visiting across the nations. Is it so dark and dense now that one here and one there and one in the field and I'll take one and maybe one over across the other side of the world and I'll take one. As it was in the days of Noah wherein the eight souls were saved by water, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Have we reached that place? And then he would cry out again in, in, the same, in the same place, in the same church, ministering there where, where actually with the birth of the Voice of Healing uh, magazine would come and the, the move of God would spearhead actually right there with Gordon Lindsay being there at the Life Tabernacle with Jack Moore. And they would herald the message that Jesus Christ was um, doing the same things he did in the days of the apostles. And they would, they would be writing the books and they would be um, issuing out even the, the messages and reporting of the meetings and, and telling of the healings and the deliverance. And yet it would reach a point to where that even though they started out good, they would, they would veer off of the truth. Now this always sets a warning for us. Because the Bible would point us back to Israel and their failures. And he said, these things are an example to you. Because they drank of the rock and they went across, they were baptized in the Red Sea. And they did all of these um, great things being let out. God did miraculous. But then uh, they sat down to eat and they rose up to play. And so they would lose their, their, their initial um, drive and enthusiasm, and they would fall away. And we see a world today, not just life tabernacle, but a world today that is falling away. Yeah. Amen. That sin is coming. And Brother Branham would say, oh, Pentecostal, Pentecostal, run for your life. There's just a little time left. It's later than you think about it. Never say another word from this pulpit. Remember, run for your life. It's later than you think. I, I feel the Holy Spirit on me saying, say it again. Run for your life. It's later than you think. Once more, Lord, once more feel life tabernacle with eternal life and every member in here. And let the glory of the Lord fall upon this congregation, Lord Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe God once more. Lord, once more, let man forget who they are. Let man forget his unbelief that we could cry once more, Lord, once more. And these would be the things that he would say to, the, to that church. And, 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 and again, we only use that for an example, not to look down upon them, but to realize we need to make our own call in an election, sure. That we must continue walking with God. Amen. You know, there on that day of this, this very dark hour, we can just imagine the, the children as they were gathered into the home and the family now was behind the blood. And here they are, you know, taking the Passover and, and, um, and, and, and it was a, a very, very serious hour because it wasn't just a, a memorial meal. It was more than that. It was, there was an actual angel of death that was coming through the land. And many now were dying, and they could hear the screams across the city and across the, the, the land of Egypt as the firstborn was dying. And no doubt the children would, uh, the little Jewish children would run to their daddy and say, Daddy, are you sure we're under that token? I think it behooves us in this hour that we also look and say, Daddy, you know, is, are we sure we're under the token? Mama, are we sure we're under the token? Are we sure that the death angel cannot get in? It's a very important hour. And, and of course, that father would go and look upon the door at the post, upon the lintel, and said, Son, this is according to God's word. And he said, but daddy, I'm your oldest child, and are you positive? And he said, I'm positive. That's according to what the prophet told us, and he has, to, he has the word of the Lord. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Take a lamb for your house, and I brought all you children in, and, and you're my oldest, you're my firstborn, and they're all dying out there, but... But there is the blood. That's what thus saith the Lord told us. Amen. So son, rest at ease because God made the promise. You know, I think again, you know, there, there, we have a word that God has sent. We have a message with instructions on what to do. And if we're there behind that blood, we can rest secure. Amen. We, can, we can have confidence that the death angel is not going to get in anywhere. Are you with me? Amen. Well, Daddy, why, why is it you got your shoes on your feet? Why is that staff in your hand? Why you got that piece of bread in one hand and the lamb in the other? Why is it bitter herbs? Why, what are you eating? It? What is that sweat running off your face? Son, death is fixing to strike. See, it's a time of desperation. And if you ain't got to remember, this is a very great hour of desperation. Where we cannot play church. Where we cannot afford to be insincere. But we must be transparent and clear about what we believe and what we have received. And realize the only protection there is, is underneath that blood. You get out from under that blood, there is no protection there. Now, Exodus 12 and 22, the instructions was, take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that's in the basin. 
and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. So I want to, I want to get a couple of things. As you look at this, dip it in the blood and that is in the basin and strike the little in the two side posts, which we, we have just typed for our, an example of, you know, our, our body, our spirit, and our soul. And the, and the three places where that the blood must be applied. It must be applied on your flesh. It must be applied in the spirit realm. And it also must be applied within the soul. Every entrance into the house must be under the blood. But I want you to get this. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until morning. You see, Israel was commanded to stay under the blood until the, the marching orders come. Don't go out from under it. Once after under the token, you are to be sealed in there. Don't leave that. And they would stay there until the trumpets blew. And when the trumpets blowed, then the, uh, the, the old ram horns began to sound. Each one would march out with his provision. But you see, again, you must, you must stay under the blood until you get the call to come out. Amen. It's an exodus hour, right? It's rapture time. And until the rapture, you must stay under the blood. I'm going to try to nail some things down this morning of that importance because, I, you know, t today is we're going to be having communion and foot washing tonight and, and the, the, Lord's, the Lord's Supper and the ordinance. And so I've got a couple of messages this morning. I want to just really pin some things down upon our lives and how we're to live. Because a man or woman who is filled with the Holy Ghost, he is sealed away. Amen. I'm going to be emphasizing this, sealed away and secured from all harm and danger. His whole life displays what he is. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. This could be seen on the door. It could be seen on their body. It could be seen in their spirit realm. It can be seen that it affected their soul. It, it was shown. It was on display. Everybody could see it. Amen. There would be no question about it. You couldn't be a, a secret boy about it. You couldn't, you couldn't have it and not know it. Amen. Everybody knows it. Everybody be able to tell that man, that woman is under the blood. That person has the Holy Ghost. It is being demonstrated and lived out of their lives. Are you with me now? Amen. And so he's to be sealed away, whatever he walks, whatever business he does, whoever he talks with. When he comes in contact with women, comes in contact with associates, come in contact with, with anything, that token is laying there. When it comes to death, I'll fear no evil. For thou art with me, the token lays there. When it comes to the resurrection, he'll be there because God will raise him up in the last day. Jesus said so. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Now, so the point of it is that I, I'm trying to get to you this morning what I'm going to be speaking on. And this is not a typo. It's not a misprint. But I'm going to be preaching about in Passover. In Passover. 
You can look at it right here. In Passover. What in the world do you mean by that? What I mean is this is not a once a month occasion. This is not a meal that we eat once a year in memorial. This, this Passover that I'm preaching about where the death angel passes over and that communion, that fellowship, that, 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 um, that coming together and eating the lamb and eating that unleavened bread, you're going to be doing this until the time the trumpet sounds for the rapture and the dead in Christ raises. So you are in, in Passover. Right now, you are in Passover. Amen. This is what is going on. Amen. The blood is being applied. The unleavened bread is there and the leaven removed from the home. The lamb is being eaten upon. Amen. The staff is in the hand. The shoes are on the feet. We're getting ready to leave here. We're getting ready for a rapture. And so, you see, we are in Passover until the time we get the summons leave. It's not, not a 10-minute affair. It's not a one-day affair. It's not one day out of the year affair. It's every day of your life you are in Passover. This is really important. From the time you get the Holy Ghost, from the time the blood is applied, that's the Holy Ghost. You are going to be in Passover until the moment you leave. The death angels coming through the land. And there is a preventative. There is a seal. There is the Holy Ghost. But I want you to know those that are behind the seal are in Passover. Now, as we're looking at this, you will be there behind the blood, feeding on the Passover meal, and making preparations to leave. So, you, again, to emphasize it, you will be in Passover until the day you leave this earth. So, every day is a consecrated walk. Every day is a feast unto the Lord. Every hour you're in Passover. You don't get it out of Passover to go get something unclean. Amen. You don't leave Passover and go out the door anymore. You're behind the door, sealed there by the Holy Ghost, not to go out into sin and unbelief anymore. You're in Passover until you leave. Now, so part of your being in this state of Passover is you are preparing, you're preparing an exodus. And let me just want to say something. I'm going to get something very basic and elementary just for a few minutes, but I'm going to drive some things down. You know, you are in Passover preparing for the Exodus, and part of that preparation is going to church. Being in the house of God. 
fellowshipping around the Word, eating of the Lamb. That's not all of it. It's a daily walk, but it also is included in this Passover. You are not in Passover if you don't go to church. Amen. You're vulnerable to the death angel. Now, I want you to get this because he says in Exodus 12 and 3, speaking to all the congregation of Israel. So I want you to get it. This is a message to the congregation. So the token is not, it is for the house, it is for every individual, it is for every family, but it's also for every church. Are you with me? See, again, Brother Branham would say this in Shreveport again when he preaches the token. He said, he said Moses' ministry of, of Israel was all his congregation was gathered into a place of prayer and worship. The whole congregation gathered together in a place of prayer and worship. When these things come up, as he was reading tonight, they had to stay and keep up. So is the congregation of the Lord assembling themselves together out of every creed and doctrine in the world. It come from all parts of Egypt where they had to be gathered together into one place. We could, we could read uh, Hebrews 10, 26 and see it mighty plain as we see the great end time uh, signs in the earth warning us we should love one another more than we ever did in all our lives. There should be such a hunger to get to church. There should be such a hunger for us to get to one another. It should be a love affair. Amen. 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 This is part of the Passover. And if you don't go to church, it shows you don't have the Holy Ghost. You can't have both parts of the world. Amen. You can't have both parts. You can't be have the Holy Ghost and refuse to assemble together with other believers. Amen. The Word is going to have preeminence in somebody's life. And it might as well be us. This is an hour you've got to be more sincere, more dedicated, because why? The death angel's in the land. This is not just a celebration and a remembrance of a time. This is where the death angel's really here. And we're really now in an exodus. Amen. Now, let's just, let's just read the Bible. Hebrews 10, 24. Because Brother Branham refers to this scripture. And I know this is, should be elementary. You know, it looks like people would get this. And let us consider one another to provoke, and I'm provoking you, unto love and to good works. You see, it, it, it ain't just, you see, Passover is not just, um, uh, uh, just a celebration. There's work to it. Things you got to do. You got to keep up a lamb. You got to kill the lamb. You got to skin the lamb. You got to put it on. You got to build a fire. You got to put it on the fire. You got, there's all of it. There's preparations has to be made for this Passover meal. So for you to be in Passover, there are things you have to do. And if you leave out and you got leavened bread in your Passover, death angel's still going to get you. No matter how much you claim to be under the blood, because you're not. Amen. If you're not eating the lamb, but you're eating pig, things of the world, come on. 
You say, well, I prefer pig. Well, I'll tell you what. If, if you get behind this blood, it has to be the lamb's blood. Ain't no pig died for you. The lamb died for you. The world didn't die for you. The lamb died for you. Amen. So let us provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And Brother Branham would read this and say, as the manner of unbelievers are. He said, but exhorting one another. And so much the more. No, don't go to church less. Do it more. Amen. As you see that day approaching. And then he adds this warning, goes right with it. Next verse, if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for us. So let me, let me read you another one. Let me just try another translation. Maybe, maybe King James wasn't plain enough. So this one says, um, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some in the habit are doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see that day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and rage and fire that will consume the enemies of God. Again, Another translation, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. Did you hear that? We need each other. I mean, we, we need some elders that will show some real Christianity about them, some real fervency about them. Come on. Amen, that, that makes it a priority to be in the house of God. We need some young people. We need some parents that will set forth an example. We need one another. Amen. Amen. And if you're unchurched this morning, there's a somebody that, there's a church somewhere that needs a godly example to pray with the sinner when the sinner comes to encourage the young people in righteousness, to encourage the mothers and the dads and the brothers, the sisters. We need one another. He said, in fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. For we continue to persist in deliberate sin after we have known and received the truth, there is not another sacrifice for sin to be made for us. This is the only sacrifice that will work. Amen. The lamb. Now, so now, again, he would say, we could read it, Hebrews 10, 26, see it mighty plain as we see the great end time signs Warning us the time is at hand. We should love more, one another more than we ever did in all our lives. There should be such a hunger to get to church. There should be a, uh, such a hunger to get to one another. It should be a love affair. I can't hardly wait to get to Tucson. 
Oh, my God, heal my little wife. She's a part of me. I can't hardly wait to get there. The hours, I'm counting the days and the hours where I can get there to be with her. That's the way the church ought to be, just seeing that the power of God and what it's done for us, we should be counting the moments, getting together in love, that we can fly away someday to meet Jesus. How many wants to be a part of that exodus? Brother Branham in his instructions on the token, he said, they didn't just come to talk about the message, they came to apply the token. That means to put the blood on every situation. Amen. When we pray for the sick, we're putting the blood, the Holy Spirit on that situation. Amen. When when we're casting out devils, we're putting the blood on that situation. When sin is being condemned, we're putting blood on that. It's the Holy Spirit being applied to sin, to sickness, to disease, to whatever else. The blood must be applied. And that's why we come together for is to apply that blood. And that's what you must do. Now, you say, well, see, this is all just individual pastor Neville and to this congregation. Trustees and deacons to you, brethren, it's time we laid aside all the foolishness of the world. Time we laid aside everything else. Yes, we've seen enough now until we're positive and the token must be applied. Without it, you're going to perish. That's the only thing. All of them just come together and say, I believe it. Get beneath it. Get into it. Amen. By one spirit, we're all baptized in one body, the body of Jesus Christ. Everybody believe with all your heart. See, he was not responsible for anyone out from beneath it. So there is actually, did you know there is actually a curse, a Bible curse that goes with the neglect of not going to the feast. God said, I'll hold back your reign. This is biblical. And so your children will suffer, your family will suffer, and really the church will suffer. It's the duty of every father to see their whole family comes to the feast. Amen. Then it's the mother's, then if he fails in his duty, then it's the mother's job. He just passes right on down. Amen. And if your parents won't come, I'd come alone. Amen. I'd break ranks with them so I'm going to the house of God. Amen. Because we're commanded to do so. Amen. Oh, yeah. Sister Michelle back there, she was 12 years old when her family left the, well, left the Lord. And when, when they departed from the truth and went out into sin, she kept right on coming, 12-year-old girl. She's still right here to this day. Say, it can't be done. She's a witness. It can be done. There, why? Because there's a power of the Holy Ghost that will cause you to do what the Word says. Amen. I just want to just cover this uh, just a little bit and we'll move right on. But uh, Brother Branham said, and hear ye him, it's wrong to stay home from church. We would see Jesus, if you love God, you'd be at church. You've got to get back to church, back to the Bible, back to Christ. Discerning the Lord, the body of the Lord, a real born-again man or woman that's got discernment of the Holy Ghost will find his place in church, worshiping and crying out and doing all that's in his life to try to bring sinners, certainly. Don't sound like anything unsure by that. 
Christ the mystery. He said, don't stay home. If God's in your heart, you can't hardly wait for them doors to open out yonder to get in there to fellowship with your brothers. If you don't feel that way, then I tell you, it's time you got to pray. God hiding himself in simplicity. A real mother wants to take her baby to church, and that's the thing you should do. The entombment, then how can you stay home and just, and just be as good a Christian as you could, would be at church? You can't do it. Position of the believers in Christ. A, father, a fellow said, I can be a Christian and stay home just as well. No, you can't. No, you've got to meet together with the rest of the body. He has blessed us together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thirsting for life. People say, I can stay at home and be just as good a Christian as I can at church. You can't. The Bible said, not forsake our symbol together and that much more as we see time coming. If you're a Christian, you long to go where other Christians are and fellowship with other Christians, and you can't stay away from church and live the same life. You can't do it. Because it's like, I'm hungry, but I'll never go to a table. I'll never eat. I ain't going to do it. you you got to come and feed on the Word of God and fellowship with one another. We need one another more now than we ever did need one each other is now. And when you get yourself singled out from the rest of them, making yourself a little different, you don't want to associate with them because they believe this and don't want to associate with that. You're getting on dangerous ground right there, keeping away from church. Amen. Find one of your choice. Remain there. Be a real a Christian brother to all of them. That's a way to be a real Christian. Then we got fellowship, protection. People love you and pray for you. What visions are? We feel that every person is duty-bound to attend some church and belong to some church as a Christian. Many people say, oh, I can stay uh, home and read my Bible. I'm just as well off. No, the Bible said we shouldn't forsake to assemble ourselves together. we got to do that. we got to stand together and all the churches. Now, so again, as we, we move from that and we get it, it's all the congregation is called. And man, it's not just called. I'm trying to get something to you. It's not just the individual that's being called. It's not just a family, but it's also a church, the congregation. Now, there's death in the land, and we've got to have our token displayed within every aspect of our lives and the leaven of sin removed. Now, this is a manifestation you're looking for. And, and many times, you know, people hear, oh, my great manifestation, Brother Tim, you preach this, an explosion when the Holy Ghost comes. Well, yes, it's an explosion. It, you know, it, it eradicates sin. That's what it does. And this is what you're looking for. There's something that takes place in you that's something that changes you. Your whole system, your whole spiritual system is made new again. And you become a new creature in Christ, as the Bible puts it, a new creation. Now, now did did you notice they're not to go out anymore after the token of the blood is applied? Never again. The Holy Ghost is applied. And not only can you not go out, but he can't get into you. 
Colossians 3 and 3, for you're dead to sin. And your life is hid with Christ in God. And Brother Branham, every time he quotes this, he adds this to it and he says, sealed in there by the Holy Ghost. You're, you're dead. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Sealed by the Holy Ghost. Every time that he does, he quotes the scripture. He combines it, Ephesians 4.30 with it. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed until the day of your redemption. So in the, until the day you go in the rapture, you must stay sealed behind this blood in Passover. In Israel and the church, he said, in the way this called heresy, Paul said, so I worship the God of our, of our fathers. Hallelujah. Heresy. Crazy. Foolishness in the world. But glorious to them that are in Christ. And joy, dead, hid away in Christ. So, well, the devil come and got me. No, he never. You went out to him. The Bible said you're dead. Your life is hid in God through Christ, sealed by the Holy Ghost. How could the devil get you? You went out. That's right. The the devil never got you. Notice, beautiful. You know what's the matter with the church today, brethren? I believe the church has got in an anemia condition. The blood has gone out of it. For instance, if I was a doctor, a great big six-foot-tall man came up and said, Hey, doctor, I'm so weak. I can't get up. I'm just staggering around. What's the matter? I don't know. I'm just so weak. Well, what about physical things? He said, did you, did you, when did you eat last? And I said, Well, I ate a half a cracker day before yesterday. Well, you know, man, you're starved to death. Go get you a good square meal. You won't be so weak. And he said, that's what's the matter with the church today. We're big in numbers, but brother, we're starved to death. Hallelujah. You're scared the neighbor's going to say something. What we need is a good old Holy Ghost shaking, hallelujah, both hands up in the air and say, Lord Jesus, feed me. Amen. What kind of attitude would that be if we came to church like that with our hands up in the air and say, Lord Jesus, I'm here to be fed. I'm hungry. I need it. I've got to be fed today on the lamb. Amen. That's what the church needs is a hidden, consecrated life. Now, you see, they were behind the blood. Nobody really could see what they were doing in here. It was part of their private life. And I want you to understand this real clear. You see, you're only as much of a Christian as what you are in your private life. You can put on anything you want to. Act so sanctimonious around everybody else. Come to church looking like a million dollars and smelling like a rose. But I'll tell you what, if Jesus ain't in your life and you don't have an everyday love affair, you are only a Christian as to what's really going on in your private life. Now, Christian life, don't, it does not... It does not consist on how well you can sing. Don't consist on how well you can preach. That isn't it, but it's a hidden, consecrated life behind the veil. Behind the veil of this blood, consecrated, the curtains drop down, and the world is sealed out. And even you in your private life, 
have a walk with God. It's not just a Sunday religion. It's not just a Wednesday night religion. But it's an everyday love affair. You are in Passover every hour of your life. Now, the devil can't get to you. He can't get to you because he'd have to come through the same process that you did. He'd have to come behind the blood, and he can't do that. Therefore, he'd be your brother. So he can't get to you. He can't come through that. I, wanna, I want you to get it. I mean, today we're, we're seeing demons taking over people, speaking out of their mouth and living out of their lives and, and all kinds of things and actions and things that take control of your body. You, you, you see, let me tell you, the Holy Ghost will seal that out. Amen. It'll seal out sin. It'll seal Satan out. He will not be able to get in your flesh, nor your, nor your spirit, nor your soul. Amen. Well, you do real good when the revival's on. We just had camp meeting. Our youth camp went on, and we glory to God. We shouted, and we ran the aisle, but why isn't it holding out? Amen. It's not just the initial applying of the blood. Amen. It's coming beneath that blood. It's not just an outward profession. It's an inward possession. Amen. So, well, I can really preach, Brother Tim. I, I can tell people I'm a good witness. I'll tell you the way to be a good witness. Go live your sermon. That's the greatest preaching there is. Amen. And that can be preached from a mother, from a daddy. Amen. From a layman to from a preacher. The preacher is not only just called to preach his sermon, he's also called to live his sermon. Amen. So, well, we, we make excuses. Well, but they're just human, Brother Tim. They're just human. That's the problem. They're still human. When you get born again, you're born into God's life. And when you have God's life, it's overcoming power. Amen. You know, I know those on the outside of that can't believe it's true. But listen, I know it's true. I know it not only will save you, it will keep you. Amen, I, I've tasted of it and found out it's good. Amen, you know, they, 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 there was a man one time said, well, there is no God. I don't believe in no God. And, you know, he was making his case. The little old boy, kind of derelict-looking guy, didn't look like he had a lot of sense. He's sitting there chomping on an apple. And as he ate this apple, he looked over at that man finally, and he said, hey, sir, is this apple here, is it sweet or sour? And he said, how do I know you're the ones eating it? He said, that's what I thought. <laughs> and it's the truth. I mean, you know, you say it won't work, just get behind the blood once. Amen. Amen. It, will, it will give you an overcoming power. Amen. I know because I've ate it. I know because I, it's been tested. I know because it's true. Amen. Now, so he's sealed in, shut up in the presence of this kind of glory. Amen. Not only we're sealed in, but we're sealed in eternally. Amen. I want you to get it eternally. Right. Until the call that we come out, we're going to be under the blood. 
Amen. That's your real, true seal. Amen. Now, of course, you know, there's many people raises up today and their lives prove different. By their fruits, you're going to know them. Jesus said, you know, Jesus told us that your fruit, by their fruits, that's what we're looking for. That's what God's looking for, fruit. That's what the death angel's looking for. Amen. He, he knows. He knows. He knows if it's only applied in one place. He knows if there's leaven on the inside. He knows. He knows if you're not eating the lamb. The death angel knows it. Amen. You, you see, that's the reason we just can't go on. Well, you spoke in tongues or we ran the aisle or we shouted the, the house down last, last Sunday or last Wednesday night. You can't go on that. I mean, you got to go on that consecrated daily life. Not because I felt it when it came and I jumped and I shouted and I danced the aisles or I spoke in tongues, but, but my life was changed. I'm walking with God. You know, you, you man will speak in tongues. Just read a little bit of Brother Branham here. Man will speak with tongues and go out and live like the world. Woman speak in tongues and bob off her hair and wear, wear makeup. You could not say that was the Holy Ghost. Surely not, certainly not, certainly not. A man smokes cigars and go out here and live with the next man's wife and run around and carry on and say that's the Holy Ghost. By their fruits you shall know them. A corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruits. Neither does a good tree bring forth corrupt fruits. We're sealed by the Holy Ghost. Not for a space of time, but for eternity. Amen. So, as we just bring these things. Now remember, at the Eden's gate, man was sealed away from God. But at Pentecost, he was eternally sealed into God. He goes out no more. He's there for good. It's just kind of like Noah when he went into the ark. God shut the door. And when God shut the door, Noah couldn't get out. And nobody could get in. And the same thing when God shuts the door on your heart. Are you with me now? Seals you in by the Holy Ghost. The devil can't get in there and you're not going to go out anymore. Amen. To the day of redemption. Peter would talk about seven virtues. Add your faith, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, brotherly kindness, all these things. And the, the love of God. It's the Holy Ghost. You see Christ in the person of the Holy Ghost comes to you in the true baptism. And you got all of these virtues sealed in. Amen. The same thing. You're sealed by the Holy Ghost. Therefore, he that's born of God doth not commit sin. In other words, he's not a willful sinner. The desire for the world is gone. Amen. He, he thinks difference about everything. His attitude is changed. His outlook is changed. The way he views sin is changed. The way he views God's word is changed. Amen. He's sealed into the day of redemption. The seal also, it also represents ownership. That everyone that is behind this blood is owned by God. Amen. No, no wonder we can say, now Satan, take your hands off of God's property. 
Amen. Because now I belong to Jesus. Once I was a slave to sin, but no more am I a slave to sin. I belong to Jesus. Is somebody with me now? Amen. So it, 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 it signifies a security. It signifies ownership. That's why that many will go through the purging of tribulation in this last day instead of going to rapture is because they're not actually under the blood. They think they are, but they're not. They think they are because maybe they, they got a little blood on, on one realm. Maybe they quit wearing pants or cutting their hair or painting face. or, or they, they, Maybe they quit, quit drinking. You know, some people ain't done that. They still got to have a little beer once in a while. And they justify that. Say, that's okay. It's all right. Well, let me tell you, it ain't all right. The death angel, he will get in. Amen. And it may be that very avenue that he gets in. And the very fact that you would flaunt that in the face of God opens you up to every kind of evil spirit. Now, but you see, they'll go into the tribulation because they're not actually under the blood. But once you come under the blood, your life is hidden in him and you're sealed there by the Holy Ghost. Everybody passing by, your neighbors can tell it. The man that you work with, you've got a different standard. You've got a different outlook. You don't do things that they do. Come on. Amen. You know, you, you know it, 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 makes, it makes a difference. You know, it's not that you're, you leave the world and you can't associate with nobody out there and then you can't shake a hand and speak to somebody or work with them in a workplace and you've got to be a hermit. That's not what we're talking about. Amen. We're talking about a, an inside, sealed away life with Christ. Amen. Word that everybody passing by can say, that man's a real Christian. That woman is a real Christian. Oh, yeah. I always know we'll have some naysayers and say, well, that can't be a Christian. And they, they'll punch you and try you and everything else, you know, to try to make you, make you uh, fail. But let me tell you something. They'll recognize just wait till when they want prayer sometime. Just wait until they get really desperate. They say, brother, will you pray for me? Will you have your church prayed for me? Amen. Because they really know there's something different about you that you can reach God when others can't. Amen. Now, notice the whole family must be brought into it. The token must be displayed. If it isn't, it's of none effect. You say, well, I've got a bucket full of it, Brother Tim. I, I, you know, I've got a, I've got a, 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 a my, I've got 26 translations of the Bible. I've got a whole Bible collection. I've got a tape collection. I've got a book collection. I'll just put it over in a bucket and sit it over there by the wall. It ain't going to save you from the death angel. You can't be a secret boy about it. You're going to have to have it on display. This is very important. That's why you put it on the door. It's something you're not ashamed of. You want the whole world to know it. Amen. And, you, you know, again, your life is hid in God through Christ. Now, I'm trying to bring this on down so that we, we can get to a lot of these points that I want to make. Remember, this body of Christ that we belong to, you cannot join it. 
Amen. You cannot, you cannot be talked into it. You cannot be spoken tongues into it or shouted into it. You have to be born into it by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Now, again, sealed into the day of redemption where the seed of God remains in you. You're sealed in there beneath the blood and you don't go out anymore. You're God's son and God's family sealed by the Holy Ghost. The devil couldn't get to you if he had to. You're dead. Your old husband part is dead and you're buried and your life is healed, hid in God through Christ, sealed by the Holy Ghost. How's he going to get to you? How are you going to get out? You're there. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to be saved behind the blood? Amen. Now, I want to get something to you. Because, you know, the, the, the moment we start having people rejoicing and shouting or running the aisles or dancing in the spirit or showing some emotion, you know, you, you, you think that's it. No, that's just an expression. You, you know, it, it's not sensation. Yeah, I, I know Brother Branham brought a balance to this, and we know the Holy Ghost is not a sensation. It's a life. It's not a sensation, a feeling you want to get. It's his life you want to get. It's the person of Christ, deity, coming in you. Are you with me? Now, the explosion of the emotion isn't it, but there is an explosion that comes with the Holy Ghost and his baptism of fire. Oh, it'll burn up sin. It'll burn up unbelief. Somebody help me preach. It'll make you, it'll make you renew a new creation in Christ. Amen. But exploding, isn't it? Come on now. Amen. It's him coming is what you want to have. Amen. A fire leaping and roaring around that lamb. Every home, listen, in this home, in this dwelling, can I bring it down? In this church, the lamb must be roasted. And in order for the, the lamb to be roasted, that means the lamb has got to get hot. And in order to get hot, it's got to, it's got to be a fire in there. Come on now. Amen. We want a fire in there. Now, we, we want a controlled fire, not a wildfire. We want to control the fire. Somebody help me preach now. Amen. I don't you sitting down on me. I'm not trying to take away your joy and your stimulation and all of that. I'm just telling you, friend, when we come together, we're to get the word hot. Amen. We're to get the fire of God all over it, all over this word, and it should crackle and pop and shout. Come on. Amen, but it's not to burn the house down. Amen, it is to roast the lamb so that you can eat it, not raw or sodden with water, but well cooked and without a flame of fire. That's what I can't get to some people. You know, without a flame of fire, you're never going to have your lamb roasted right and you can't eat it raw. There's got to be a fire in this church. There's got to be a fire in your home. There's got to be a fire in your life. Amen. A fire leaping and roaring around that lamb and that 
fire must touch the word and bring it to the right temperature where it's done and well prepared so the sinner can find Christ, so the sick can be healed. You know why the sick ladies in a lot of churches today, they don't ever get it hot enough. You got to bring that temperature up where all things are possible to them that believe. You know why the sinner remains a sinner? You ain't getting the fire hot enough. You got to get it hot and on that word and fired up and high heated through and through. And then sinners will weep their way to Calvary. Amen. Let's go to Ezekiel 36, 25, one of my favorite scriptures in the Old Testament. But let's just talk about this for a minute. Ezekiel 36, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. Now, he's, he's referring to the coming of the Holy Ghost, the new covenant from all of your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. This is what God, this is a work of the Holy Ghost. He'll cleanse you from idolatry. Amen. Exalting other things over God. Come on. Amen. He will cleanse you from your filthiness. Amen. He said, from all your idols, you shall be clean. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put it within you, and I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And then he says, and I will put my spirit within you. Now notice, the new heart is not the Holy Spirit. And the new spirit is not the Holy Spirit. But there's something he calls my spirit that I'm going to put in you. Now, I'm going to give you a new spirit. You see, the new spirit is not the Holy Spirit. That's when the, that's, that's when the seat of your emotions gets made new, and it'll cause you to shout and dance. Amen. You know, that's what the Methodists did. They got, they got the Holy Ghost on their spirit realm and in their emotions, and they were the shouting Methodists. Right? Amen. You see, but then God says, I'll take the stony heart out and I'll give you a new heart. Now, that, that ain't the Holy Spirit, and that's where the mistake has been made. People get a little blood on their, on their, on their, uh, on their new heart or their new spirit, and yet don't have the Holy Spirit. You see, they only went part way. If I can get it back to you again, when we think about the doorposts, one on each side and over the, over the door, are you with me? Over the lintel, every place, the body, spirit, and soul must be blood applied to it. Right. Amen. 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 But you see, people get the blood applied to their spirit realm and they get their emotions stirred. Now, now, that, that is not receiving the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Ghost on their emotions. You see, they go to praying and praying and praying, and they get the feeling a little better, and, and they get up and go on, jump around a while, and after a while, they just, you know, they're on this high, and they bounce, 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 and they're right back to the same old rut of sin again. Many of you have done that. You know what I'm talking about. 
They never received the Holy Spirit, no matter how much they danced, how much they screamed, how much they had oil run out of their hands, which is unscriptural, or bloody faces, which is unscriptural, or how much they spoke in tongues. You see, or how much they shouted. It had nothing to do with it. That was only a human emotions. They got a new spirit, and they rejoiced in it. But Brother Brandon said, there's the emotional side of the Holy Ghost Church today. They get a lot of build up in fanaticism and run out there because they disregard the word. Hello. Amen. They disregard the word. So, you know, they get this emotional experience, but then they won't be subject to what the word says. They keep on doing sin. They keep on they keep on uh, failing to assemble together. They keep on dressing in the unholy ways. They keep on, they go right back to their sinful way. They might have had a great emotional experience, and that may have been the Holy Ghost on their emotion. But unless it brings your life subject to the Word, that ain't it. Unless it brings you in Passover, that ain't it. Well, I know, Brother Tim, I got the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you, I felt it when it all came over me. I spoke in another language, and you're still in pornography and lust sins and everything else. You know, I had somebody call me this week and, and, and say, you know, Brother Tim, you know, I, I, I had an experience at, at a camp, and I know, I, got, I know that was the Holy Ghost and, and whatever, but you know, I was... I was, you know, still doing pornography five hours a day. Shall I hang up and just go home? I'd like knock the breath out of you. It almost knocked the breath out of me. Well, now I've got to where I, 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 I don't do it near so much no more. Hey, you've got to come on the Holy Ghost to the desire of sin. It's gone out of your life. Not where you get a touch of the Spirit and then you go right on back in your old sins again. But Jesus comes to save and keep you clean. So they go out there and disregard the Word. Said they go together. Oh, we had a great meeting. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And when you do that and don't bear the fruit of the Spirit, then you're in the new Spirit. You didn't used to do that. That's right. But God gave you a new spirit. Without it, with the why, the spirit you had, you couldn't get along even with yourself. How are you going to get along with God? So God will give you a new spirit. That's your intellect. That's the way you, what you think with. He gives you a new way of thinking. Is God enlarging the mind and making the word believable? Once you didn't believe the word. Once you didn't, couldn't believe that was the truth. But then it becomes where it starts becoming believable. Are you with me? Now, so you see, he gave you a new way of thinking. Now the Bible looks to be reasonable. I used to didn't believe it that way, but I, I believe that now. You know, I, I, I can accept that. You see, that's just a new thinking. You know, I, I don't want to go to hell. I want to accept Christ. That's good, but it's only a first step. The Holy Spirit is not a new thought, although it will change your thinking. A new thought. Wow, God's doing wonderful things. Oh, Brother Tim, the seals are open. I believe it. God sent a prophet. I believe it. Huh. That's only new thinking. It's only intellectual faith. God wants you to have more than intellectual faith. Amen. I'm not trying to beat you down. I'm just trying to point some things out. 
I mean, you've got to, this is a serious hour, and the blood must be applied. Amen. Amen. And intellectual conception isn't it. You know, it's, it's not, not just getting a new spirit, but Jesus said, or the Bible said, I'll give you my spirit. Put that last verse up there again. I'll put my spirit within you. Look at this. And I will cause you. Look, this is not you having to make yourself do anything. This is God changing you and putting his spirit in you. Come on now. If you took the spirit of a lamb and put it in a pig, then the pig will never go to the hog trough again. Because he's got a lamb spirit. And when you get the spirit of God in you, come on. You're going to do the things that God does. You will hate what God hates, and you will love what God loves. Amen. Now, so you see, it requires taking and and having experience with God where that you meet God just like they did in the book of Acts, where you have an Acts 2 experience, and the eternal prescription comes and gives you an inoculation against sin. Are you with me now? Now, so as we, as we go on today, you know, Brother Branham would say, what's the matter with the Pentecostal church today? We live too close to Hollywood. We got too much of Hollywood evangelism instead of old-fashioned type that it dig down and cleans up and boils out and gets men and women right with God. You know, that's right. I'm just, he said, I'm just the old-fashioned kind that likes that old-fashioned religion. You got anybody else in here like that? Amen. Amen. They said, that's the way I got it down to the altar with somebody beating me in the back till I come through. That's what we need again today instead of amongst this dry-eyed repentance and putting their name on a church book. Amen. Yes, sir, that's exactly what we want. Now, it is a, you know, Brother Brandon spoke of this as one of the restored mysteries. And he called it a receiving he said, uh, a restored mystery truth that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is without sensation, but the person of Christ performing in you the works that he did. That's what he preached in his service. Is this the time? Now, without sensation, it means the Holy Ghost is not a feeling. Oh, I got chills coming back down my back. Well, you might read a good book when chills come down your back. Well, I, I wept and cried. You know, so, so did I when I read, you know, about the red fern, where the red fern grows. And the old boy's die, dog died, I cried too. It's not a tongue. But it's the person of Christ. Somebody with me? Amen. Now, here's a problem that Brother Branham had to deal with in his time. And it's the same issues that we are facing today. I want you to keen in real good because I'm really trying to get you to a place where the death angel sealed out. Amen. There were two other angels. Remember Sodom? An angel appeared. The angel of the Lord, it was God himself, appeared to Abraham. Is that right? And there was two other angels went down to Sodom. And part of their job was to blind 
the eyes of the masses while getting Lot out of Sodom. Amen. But the angel that stayed with Abraham was different. His message was, was to open our eyes to our inheritance. Read the Bible. You will see, he said, I'm going to show you what you're going to inherit. You're going to receive this land. You're going to receive a promised son. I'm going to reveal to you these mysteries. So the angel that stayed with Abraham was different. His message was to open our eyes to our inheritance to give us the faith that was needed to receive the promised son. Amen. That describes our message that we receive. But you see, in Brother Branham's time, he had to stand between the easy believism of Billy Graham's dry eyed, shake the preacher's hand and say, I believe Jesus is the son of God conversion and the Azusa Street claim of I spoke in tongues, I'm relying on that sensation and yet neither one of them would be subject to the word. See, both of these angels caused blindness and both of them were saving lots and not Abraham's. There is a different message for those who are going to receive the promised son going in a rapture than those that are down at Sodom. Come on now. Now, Lot never became an Abraham. In fact, his family was so degenerated, contaminated by Sodom that his drunkenness and his perverted daughters led him to having children by incest. You ever read that in the Bible? It's the truth. That same blinding is going on. I'm going to just bring it right down. It's even happening right in the message community. We're facing three different things. There's an Abraham group that receives a revelation of a rapture. The coming son of the inheritance. Come on, somebody. Amen. They, they received a message. The others have been contaminated with a message to Lot. And one of them is easy believism and the other is sensations. Now, so two extremes. Now, I'm just going to name some names for you, some examples that happens in the message community. The Thunders group by Coleman are one extreme. They get all the quotes on emotions and sensations. And, it, and Coleman taught that the proof of the token is applied that the token is applied is because they do extreme emotions as the word is preached. And this emotion is their evidence. They've now been sealed. And their group centers on wild emotion and fanaticism. The other is the intellectual, intellectualism that Lee Vale did with his Perusia teaching that believe only that believe that intellectually receiving the word with no emotions, they deny everything supernatural. They center on intellectually receiving the word. They want no amens, no emotion. There is no healing. There's no miracles and nothing supernatural among them, especially not the least of the gifts which is speaking in tongues. They want nothing to do with it. Those are the two extremes. These two extremes of emotionalism and intellectualism has only produced Lot and his daughters. Amen. No matter which one you do, it'll only produce Lot and his daughters. 
they that will not produce an Abraham where the Son of Man is revealed. Instead, what is revealed is an age, huh, they're, they're protouting an age past Laodicea and its seventh messenger to personality cult. They're supposed to bring clarity to the message because neither of these movements was happy with this little humble Kentucky preacher and his message, so they needed to dress it up. Perhaps that's why we need today, some are saying we need to read between the lines of what the messenger said. Add anything to puff it up, to expand the simple message that was without leaven. That's how it came, without leaven. But they want to puff it up in order to say things they didn't say. Recently, I'm just going to cover this and we'll move on, but one of these men who's perverting the truth used an illustration of Peter supposedly reading between the lines in Acts 2 by saying something different than what was on the line in Matthew 28, 19. Well, the truth of it is, Peter wasn't quoting Matthew 28, 19. It wasn't even written. He certainly wasn't reading between the lines. Amen. But Peter was quoting Jesus exactly. Are you with me? He didn't, have, he didn't read between the lines because by revelation, he knew Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And plus, Jesus plainly told them who he was. Amen. John 17, 25, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name. And will declare it that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. So he declared his name. Peter knew what his name was. So therefore he said, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because he had declared to him them his name. Are you with me? Now, you must realize as we go on how dangerous it is to misconstrue the word. It's a late hour to be bringing leaven in the message. The messenger's down to the age. He said, we find out there at the beginning when the messenger was sent to misconstrue his word or to doubt one word. It was total annihilation and eternal separation from God to misconstrue that messenger's word. Really important that we stay with it. The Bible said, eat not the lamb sodden with water. Don't eat sodden lamb. Lamb that is soaked in water with all kinds of additions. Or wild gourds, gourds that will flavor the meat. You see, there's too much intellectualism that's being added. And it's death in the pot. And this added 11 back to the Passover meal, and it leaves people vulnerable to the death angel. It makes a bunch of carnal believers like Lot who barely escaped the burning and the tribulation period and never can live an overcoming life. Are you with me now? Now, Lot was, the Bible called him a righteous man, a good man. He was saved out of the fire, scarcely saved. Amen. He went through the tribulation. Abraham didn't go anywhere near the tribulation. I don't know what, but easy believism and intellectualism will lead you to the tribulation. I don't know which one you want to be, but I don't want to be a part of that. 
I want to be a part of the Abraham group that receives the promised son. Are you with me? Amen. And there is where the supernatural is done. Now, but you see, uh, again, God's word calls for total separation. Brother Bradham talked about it. He said, you know, it's like a, a handful of change in your hand. There's pennies and nickels and dimes and quarters and half dollars and, and, and dollars all in coins. And he said, you know, said some people just can have a penny's worth. And God can only use them in a penny way. That's all. That's all they can buy. He said, don't reject them. If they can't believe the real truth, don't turn them down. Don't kick them out. Don't say they're not in it. Because God uses pennies sometimes. Lot was just a penny, and Abraham was a silver dollar. It taken a hundred lots to make an Abraham. So will it take a hundred carnal believers will never stand in the presence of a genuine Christian that's separated from the carnal things of the world, living in Christ Jesus where the word can flow in him. See, he can only take a penny's worth. That's all he's got. You say, you see people who say, I don't believe in healing. I don't believe in these things. You see, you know that's just a penny. I don't want to hear anything about visions and miracles. You know that's just a penny. Amen. But when you got a genuine silver dollar, they're going to believe all the word. They'll never say days of miracles are past. They'll never take you out of the age of the apostles. Amen. They will say the word of God is true. It is right. They are a genuine silver dollar. Amen. Some will go through the tribulation and they're saved people. God will save them in the tribulation. Amen. They're saved this side, but still they will be saved in, in, that, in that hour of tribulation. Saved people. But I don't want to be one of them. But if all I can get you to be is a lot, well, come on. Amen. It's going to take a hundred of you as a lot to equal one silver dollar. Amen. But we want every one of you, amen, to make it no matter what. You're a change in God's hand. But I would just say, oh, God, don't let me remain some silver, some coin, a little nickel or a dime. Don't let me just have a penny's worth of real Holy Ghost religion. Let me get 100%. Let me be filled with the power of God. Don't let me just be a halfway Christian. Let me be an all-the-way Christian. I want to be sold out to God, surrendered to God. I don't want to be a lot to go down through the burning. I want to be the Abraham that receives the promised son. Amen. Amen. I'll put my spirit in you. You must take the person of the lamb in you. I want to get it. My spirit in you, the person of Christ. Not his emotions, not the jump, not the shout, but really the person. The person Christ and the person, the Holy Ghost Christ and the person of the Holy Ghost comes upon you in the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. You got all these virtues sealed in you. Now, the evidence of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to deal with some things because I want you to be taught right. Amen? Because if you have incorrect teaching, then you'll be confused about what the Holy Ghost really is. Amen. We want to know what it is when it comes. What are we looking for? What are we expecting? All right. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is that your life is in Passover. All right. Yes, you had that initial experience. 
Got to have it to be in Passover. But it's more than the initial experience. But it's a life hid away in Christ, sealed by the Holy Ghost, and you're eating the lamb, and the leaven is gone. Amen. And so it shows that the lamb has been accepted and that his life and his nature has come back upon you. Now, you say, Brother Tim, that explosion you keep talking about, I I didn't run the aisle, I didn't jump and shout, I, I didn't speak in tongues, no. The explosion I'm talking about is an explosion that cleansed you from sin and took sin desire out of your life and placed within you the literal life of Christ. Now, again, in desperation, Brother Branham talks about this, and he says, now, I, I just feel after I preached on the token to you and talked about that you must have the Holy Ghost, and, you, you know, he, he says, now, not no, just no certain evidence. You see, people want one thing. If I spoke in tongues, I got it. If I felt this chill, I got it. If I I said I believe the message, I got it. If I accepted Christ as my Savior, I got it. All of that can be intellectually done or just emotion. Amen. But but he said, just not no certain evidence. It's not going to be one thing. Amen. Yeah, the Holy Ghost speaks in tongues, but it's not a big tongue. That's just one of the things it can do. It'll make your life glorify God. That's one thing it will do. Amen. So now, I feel it in your mind, see. Why will I know? He said, look where, look what were you and what are you? What was you before this token was applied? And what are you after it's applied? What was your desires before? And what is your desires afterwards? And you know whether the token is applied or not. And these other things just automatically go with it. Amen. He said, like tongues, he said... They, they say it isn't like talking about and say tongues is evidence. He said, I buy a, buy a pair of shoes. The tongue isn't the shoe. It just comes with the shoe. It comes with the shoe. Same thing with the token. The token is Christ. But speaking in tongues, casting out devils and doing those things and preaching, whatever it is, the evidence is there is true. But that's not it. It's a gift of it. See, that's a gift of it. I told you that. You say, brother, I want you, brother Branham, I give you a gift. Well, that's not me. It's my gift. Tongues is a gift of the Holy Ghost, not the Holy Ghost, a gift of the Holy Ghost. And the devil can impersonate any of those things, but he cannot be the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Now, so you see, the Holy Ghost can come in all different kinds of ways. One might run the aisle. One might shout. One might just sit there and weep uncontrollably. One may just sit there and just can't move while the explosion's going on. It's not one certain way. And that's what Brother Branham was trying to get you away from, was looking for one certain thing. He said, what I want you to recognize is your life has 
been changed. Your attitude toward the word is different. Whatever it says, amen. Amen. Whatever it says. Says quit smoking, amen. No more beer, amen. No more short dresses, amen. No more paint on the face looking like a Jezebel, amen. Well, Brother Tim, I, I think, well, that's what you think, the reason you're thinking that way, because your thinking hadn't been changed. Your thinking's going to agree with the word. Now, you know, let me, let me just share with you. Brother Branham dealt with a man who went through every kind of one of these facets and finally come to him and said, Brother Branham, cast the devil out of me because I've got to have a devil. I must have crossed the line. I, I, I just can't get the Holy Ghost. I've been trying for years to get saved. And you can find this in Word Made Flesh in the India trip. Report, Brother Branham talks about it, and he says, you've been trying to get saved? Yeah. He said, I'm trying to get saved. And of course, Brother Branham told him, God wants you to be saved. You know, what's the problem then? Well, I believe I crossed the line where you can't get saved. He said, I don't know. Well, I'll just tell you how you know whether you crossed the line or not. Is because if you still got a desire for God, you ain't crossed the line. There's still a longing in your heart. I want Jesus. I really would like to do right, Lord. Will you just do something for You hadn't crossed the line. Don't let the devil lie to you. A man who crossed the line wants nothing more to do with God. Amen. But you're here this morning. That tells me you hadn't crossed the line. There's still hope for you. And and so he said, uh, look, I I went to Billy Graham's meeting. And he said, wonderful man of God doing a great work. He said, all that wants to be saved, raise a hand. I raised my hand. I went to an inquiry room. And they told me back there I had to accept Jesus. I got down and prayed. And he told me. Now, do you believe in Jesus Christ? I said, yes, I believe in you. Accept him as your personal Savior. Now you're saved. said, nothing happened to me. So I went to a couple of years and found the free Methodist. And I got, they told me I had to get happy enough to shout. And he said, I, I, I got happy enough until I shouted. And they said, well, you got sanctification now. And I, you know, and I went out and I still didn't have it. And he says, so I went to all Roberts' meetings. That's the Pentecostals. He went in the room, told me to receive the Holy Ghost, had speaking tongues, or I didn't have it. And he told me to, to, to talk to the Lord until I spoke in tongues. And he said, Brother Brandon, I still ain't got it. I don't know what to do. So I went down to Shreveport, the voice of healing. And they told me that you as a prophet come up here and you'd be able to reveal to me when the Spirit come on you, what was my trouble? I said, well, brother, I don't have to be a prophet to do that. The Word of God settles that. You know, we don't need a prophet to tell us we get the Holy Ghost. The Word of God settles that. Are you with me? So he says, I want to ask you something. Did you always love Jesus? He said, well, I... I belonged to the Presbyterian church. I just went there. He said, well, what happened? What made you change your mind? So, said, well, my wife went down to the Pentecostals, and she got the Spirit, and she was happy. And said, well, what do you, well, you think about that? Did you criticize it? No, I just thought, well, we'll see how long it lasts. And it went on. She seemed to have it. One day, he said, I, I was coming in from a sale out in the yard and happened to reach in my pocket. 
And somebody gave me a little old track, and I just sat in the office, began to read this track. And the awfulest feeling come over me that I ought to get right with God. And said, I've been searching ever since. He said, I want to ask you something. When this feeling come over you, you've never been able to get out of it? You see, I want to get something to you. It was still a feeling. Said, well, that's, he said, no, sir, I hadn't been able to get away with it. He said, well, that's when you receive Christ. Said, it doesn't mean raising up your hand, that's all right. Speaking in tongues, that's all right. He said, shouting, that's all right. But that's attributes after Christ come in. To receive the person is to receive Christ Jesus, to receive him as life. Shouting, speaking in tongues, all demonstration. That is attributes that follows this. But first, to receive Christ. He said, then, Brother Branham, I've been saved all the time. He said, sure. Look, do you love him? He said, with all my heart. One time you didn't love him. That's right. Now you love him. Well, that's the truth. You had him. Well, you had him all the time. And he jumped off the, off the porch and began crying, holding me in the arms and said, Oh, God, I've been a Christian all these years. You see, the thing of it was, he wasn't straightened out in the beginning. You see, what? You can't make a lamb out of a pig if you had to. He's a pig to begin with. He tends his own business, telling lamb to take care of his business. The only way you can... Uh, the only way you can make that pig believe it's wrong to be in a pig pen would be to put a lamb spirit in him. If he ever gets a lamb soul in him, uh, and he said a lamb ain't got no soul, but if he gets a lamb spirit in him, the very nature of the thing, that's the reason you can't convert a pig. You can't, you can't convert a lamb because he has no soul. What he is in the spirit, he's got that same nature forever. But a human being, are you with me? can be changed from a pig to a lamb because he got a soul in the image of God. Amen. Well, his thoughts are changed. Something does it for him. Hallelujah. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. (coughs) Amen. And then, then of course, you know, he said that thought, before it becomes a word, it has to be a thought. The word is expressed, materialized. I believe in my heart I'm a Christian. Because I've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. If I don't cry, if I don't move, if I don't do a thing in my heart first, I believe Christ died in my stead. Amen. I accept it as a Christian. I believe it as a Christian. Then it's in my heart. Then I express it as a word. I am a Christian. Hallelujah. Then I'll start walking as a Christian, talking as a Christian, living as a Christian, being as a Christian. And by my fruits, I'm recognized by the world as a Christian. He told old brother Bill Dow, who was way up in his 90s there, and he said the light had flashed across him. He'd received the truth, and he baptized him in the name of Jesus Christ. So I was talking to him the other day. He said, you think I'm all right, brother Branham? He said, well, did you ever go to a doctor for a physical checkup? He said, yeah, doctor puts a, uh, the doctor put the stethoscope in his ears, puts them on your heart, see if your heart is beating right. Electrocardiogram, then blood pressure, urine tests, instruments to find out where your physical being is. And then now the way he does that, he looks on a book where the specialists out here with different subjects write down, if this takes place, this is what's wrong. And he said, now the only stethoscope I have is the Bible. See, for the soul, I'm going to give you the test. 
St. John 5, 24, he that heareth my word, that isn't just sitting here and listening to it, that's receiving it, receiving it. You believe it. Something inside of you tells it's from you. It's right. You've accepted it. You believe it. It's yours. He that heareth is already yours. My word and believeth on him that sent me. You believe that? He said, I do. Then I'll tell you what the chief doctor says. He has passed from death unto life and shall no more come into condemnation or judgment. And he said, as far as I know, according to the books, you have passed the examination. How many of you out there know you have passed the examination? That's according to the doctor. That's according to the chief physician. You passed the test. Amen. Amen. You see, you must wait until the Holy Spirit does something. Not necessarily because you jump or shouted or danced or got emotional, but until you're changed. Right. Are you with me? Until something actually happens. Yeah. Amen. I don't care what form, Brother Ben said, I don't care what form it comes in, just so it happens. Right. Amen. 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 So when, when we're taught right, we know that we can look at our lives. And we can see we are in Passover. Sin is dead as midnight. We love God. But I want you to get something. He said, notice, I want you to just get this thought now. I'm going to bring it home. We just got about just a few more minutes to drive this in. We'll pick up again something else tonight, Lord willing. But I want you to get this, this part. The mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation. But the person of Christ performing in you the same works that he did. Now, a sensation is a physical feeling or perception resulting from something that happened. Now, some will take that very quote and they'll lean toward intellectualism and take it to mean that we can have the Holy Ghost and not know it. But I want you to understand, Jesus said in John 14, 20, at that day <coughs> ye shall know that I'm in my Father, and you and me and I and you. So I want you to get it. You shall know. Now, if you've been taught right, you'll know. Amen. If you've been taught, oh, it's some kind of sensation, then you won't know unless you get that sensation. But when you realize what it really is, then at that day you will know. God wants you to know. Now, Brother Branham was asked a question on the Holy Ghost. He said, well, could you imagine a mother giving birth to a baby and not know it? See, that would be unconscious to not know it. Neither can you receive the Holy Ghost without knowing it. There's something takes place in you. There's something that changes you. Your whole system, your whole spiritual system is made new again. Again, you know, he says you cannot receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost without having an experience when it happened. Now, it may have been looking at a ticket, where will you spend eternity, a little track, and an awfulest feeling come over you. But whatever it is, you know, you know it was an experience. You say you believe every speck of it. Then the word is laying there for waiting for the Holy Spirit to put it at work. But it takes the lighting of the candle until the Holy Spirit, oh, listen now, with the fiery experience comes down and lights that candle, then you haven't received the Holy Ghost. 
you have, have to got to have the experience to have the Holy Ghost. So that experience that man had, amen, is where he received Christ into him. Are you with me? All these other things was attributes, but it kept him in confusion. He didn't know where he stood. But I'm trying to get you where you know where you stand. Because my life has been changed. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Amen. Notice again, Brother Branham said it would bring a restoration again of the Pentecostal genuine, not sensations, and will manifest the evening light, the same sun that shone in the morning light as promised for the day. So the Pentecostal genuine is not a sensation. It's something real. It's not just a feeling. It's something happens to you. It's the coming of deity into the soul. Are you with me now? All right, now, so again, Brother Branham would talk about it. He said that Christ is crying today for a good, fresh drink of Pentecostal water, original Pentecost, not a bunch of carrying on, screaming, hollering here, but I mean a genuine Holy Spirit baptism, listen now, that produces the life of Jesus Christ back into the person. And that's what we want to see, the life of Jesus Christ back in the person. The literal life of Christ there. Amen. So it's not a dance. It's not a shout. It's the life of Jesus Christ back into the person, and that makes them shout and rejoice. Amen. Yeah, it'll make them dance. Yeah, it'll make them shout. But it's more than out, outward emotion. It'll make them live like Jesus lives. He'll, you'll have the same attitude toward the Word that God would have toward His Word. Amen. So it's a literal life of Jesus Christ. Return back to believer. That life is not a jump or a shout. It's not an imagination either or an intellectual conception or understanding. The new birth that bursts you in the eternal life is an explosion. Although every explosion isn't the new birth. Amen. There's more to this mystery here than just in this one statement. I want to kind of bring some balance to it. The mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation. See, I want to get it. It's not a sensation. It's not a jump. It's not a shout. It's not cold chills. But the person of Christ performing in you the works that he did. So it's a person performing in you his works. It's Christ in you. His works are not just healing, deliverance, but living right with dominion over sin. Somebody with me now? Now I want to just get to you. We we can make this real simple. Galatians 5.19, the works are the acts of the flesh. Now, I'm just going to run down to verse 21 right now because I just talked about the flesh. He says, I've told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So let's go back and look at the works of the flesh. Here's the works or the acts of the flesh are manifest. These are obvious. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, 
Let me read you another translation. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God. Verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Do you know false doctrines is another heresy is there? False doctrines is another form of lust. In fact, Satan's false doctrines produce spiritual adultery against God, which was followed by a physical act. Verse 21, Indians, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of which I tell you before, I told you before as I've told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You cannot be in Passover and be doing this. You see, the fruit of a tree is its works. The fruit of the Spirit is its works. A tree is known by its fruit. A spirit is known by its works. So if you want to know what kind of spirit in you, look at the works. And if you do these things, the Holy Ghost ain't there. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-sufferance, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, that self-control against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So this is what the Holy Ghost does in you. It produces the very fruits of God in your life. Amen. Amen. Now, again, in the way back, Brother Brandon said, let the real Holy Ghost, not an emotion, not an excitement. Yet, it is an excitement, yet it is an emotion. But let it come in and vindicate itself. How's it going to vindicate it? By bringing you the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. The mighty God unveiled. He talks about how that is coming back from the seed planted at Pentecost back to its original glory. He said it's right now to bring him back exactly like he was in the beginning. His same ministry, same Jesus, same power, same Holy Ghost, same one that came down on the day of Pentecost. It's the same Holy Ghost that's manifested today from glory to glory to glory back to its original seed with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the same signs, same wonders, same baptism, same kind of people acting the same way with the same power, the same sensation from glory to glory. So it's not without sensation altogether. It comes with it, doesn't it? Same sensation. All right? You don't shout to get it. Somebody with me. You don't shout to get it, amen, but it'll make you want to shout, and your life will glorify God once you get it. It will enrapture you. Amen, you don't shout it down, nor do you work it up, but when the Holy Ghost comes within you, it'll shout and rejoice and magnify God and make you live an overcoming life. That's what the Holy Ghost will do in your life. God hiding himself in simplicity. He said, the, the Methodists said when we shouted, we had it. They didn't have it. He said, the Nazareth said when they lived holy, they, they had it, but they didn't. The Pentecostals said, we speak in tongues, we got it, but they didn't. God unfolded himself, not in sensation. No, that, 
sensations yet with it. You see the place? Hello? Amen. Again, an investment. Now, all of you Pentecostal, all you sensations as we Pentecostal people like to shout, jump and shout, I do. I believe that's right. Amen. I like to jump and shout. He said, I believe that's right. Amen. The prophet, looking at God's handiwork, he said he would get all emotional just looking at nature. He said, I'd weep. He said, no wonder people shout. No wonder people get emotional. Why? Brother, you can't keep from it. There's something inside of you that's moving. And greater than Solomon, he said, there's something about the working of the Holy Spirit that always stirs up a a move. It brings the emotional part out of the uh, part of the people out. Last evening when I saw those people coming from the balconies around, weeping, standing around the altar, accepting Christ as their Savior, I'll tell you there's something emotional when the Holy Spirit sweeps over an audience and see their faces light up with some kind of radiance that this world can never produce nothing like that. To see a little housewoman with a, a che- little checkered dress on, so bashful she couldn't meet that insurance man at the door and stand and sing the praises of God. It's emotional. God moves in that, and it stirs up an interest. And after a while, somebody else tells somebody else, oh, you should come see. I love that. You should see what's going on. No doubt that God's gifts has always caused an enthusiasm. Amen. You have the Holy Ghost. It causes an enthusiasm. Amen. People reason that out trying to say that these people are mentally upset. They're emotional because they themselves are dead in sins and trespasses and know nothing about the power of God. Again, he said the the people of day who believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the church says these people are fanatics. They are nothing but a bunch of worked up emotional panics stricken people, but little do they know that the Word of God teaches that. It's a promise. You see the balance of this? The Holy Ghost is not the emotion, but oh, brother. Amen. There's a feeling that goes with it. There's a shout that goes with it. There's a tongue that goes with it. There's a rejoicing that goes with it. Amen. In the visible union of the bride, you know this quote very familiar. I've read it hundreds of times across this pulpit. But Brother Branham talks about a woman won't have a baby for her husband. She'll take a dog or a cat or something. She's got a mother something. It's a, a nature. But to bear a child for her husband, raise it in the service of God, that's totally out of her line. Oh, she'd be disgraced. If she did by her sin-loving society of this 1965 type of women. Amen. Oh, my. And and let me tell you, today, we got girls. We got girls supposed to be Holy Ghost-filled girls. I'm going heavy on suppose. Because they're trusting a lie. They say, well, it's a woman's right to have an abortion. It's her body. It's okay to kill her baby. You see, that's insanity. Coming in by the death angel. Yet if you would do that to a puppy, they would want to lock you up for life. Amen. Because why? That's that's what's wrong with this vegan thing. It's because they they exalt animal life equal to human life. It ain't. I said it ain't. 
And you didn't raise the value of the animal. You devalued the human and brought it down to animal. Are you with me? You do that to a puppy, they want to lock you up for life. Amen. This insanity is invading our lands. It's in our schools. It's in our nation. And Brother Brandon says a true picture of the modern church today. Neither does the modern church want any of these screaming, shouting, tongue speaking. Acts 2, 38, young around her. Yeah, yet she don't want them hooping and crying and screaming. Amen, hallelujah. Why such a child would immediately put her out of her denomination. They had one like that in their churches. They'd throw her out right quick. Why are you letting such stuff as this go on? Amen. You see, she's pregnant with something because she's bringing forth members all the time, but she don't want any of them screaming, hollering, blabbering. Acts 2.38, miserable creatures she thinks they are. It would certainly embarrass her. It would ruin her and her educated, ethical, scientific society church that she belonged to. They'd throw her out at the next council. She can't have that, so she don't want to be pregnant of the Word because that's the only kind that the Word can bring forth. Amen. When you get the spirit of the second Adam, you're going to have the second Adam's way of acting. And you're going to act like they did on the day of Pentecost. Amen. You say, oh, Brother Tim, I tell you, we got the word, brother. We got the word. When, when David brought the word, the ark back, amen, he danced before it. He shouted. He rejoiced. Amen. As Brother Timothy preached Wednesday night, see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Every, every one of those quotes he had there on the oil and the wine, I had him in my notes to preach. Amen. Because I tell you right now, God does not want the oil and the wine to be hurt. He wants revelation in the church, but revelation must come with stimulation. And when you get stimulated, it'll make you act like it did on the day of Pentecost. Amen. It'll make you act. It'll make you shout. It'll make you rejoice. It'll produce all the emotions. Hallelujah. It'll even speak in tongues sometimes. It'll shout. It'll dance. Hallelujah. Amen. You say, Brother Tim, I, I'm seeing the Word come back. I'm seeing the Holy Spirit move, and it don't move you on the inside. Oh, brother, if you got the Holy Ghost on the inside, it's got to respond to that Word that's coming. There's something in there that makes you want to shout. It makes you want to dance. It makes you want to rejoice in God. Amen. Amen. Exactly right. Amen. But today, Brother Tim, it's the Word. It's the Word. It's the Word. And you know, the congregation's gotten a place where there's just a few inspired preachers while the congregation just sits there and tries to absorb it. This is a far cry from Pentecost. Right. Amen. This isn't what God had in mind. Amen. God wants you, everyone, to participate in worship. Right. He wants our church to be free. Right. Amen. He wants us to be moving in the spirit. Because when the stimulation of revelation, when revelation comes to you and God's word becomes real to you, it, uh, it has the same effect as wine does upon a natural man, the prophet said. Because when revelation is given of a truth of God and a true believer is filled with it and the revelation is revealed, the stimulation comes so great it makes them behave abnormally. That's what was happening the other night. We were, and even Sunday, we were acting abnormally. Amen. Oh, yeah, it wants us rejected from the church society, even of the message today. But I say, let her rip. Yeah. 
I say let the Holy Spirit move. I say let it pour out upon me. Let it get the stalks in the side of our collar. Let it get a little dance in our feet. Let it get a little rejoicing in our heart. Let it be where the Holy Spirit moves without hindrance. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Well, I tell you, Brother Tim, we got the seals now, and we're just more scholarly, more sophisticated, more refined, more dignified. No one would ever mistake us for being one of them old holy rollers. Well, I wonder if you really saw the mysteries or not. Because this is how it made the prophet feel. He said, when I saw God promise to do a certain thing, when he promised to break off those seals in this last day, you don't know the joy and the glory when I saw him reveal there. Stand there and watch it happen and knowing I'll take any person or charge. And he never said anything but what happened that way. And to see the joy that's in my heart when I see his promise for this last day as he promised to do it and see it vindicated make my, and made perfectly right. You say, you hear me say, I feel religion. That's what's the matter. The stimulation is so bad, I'm about ready to start cutting up. You know, stimulation from revelation. Amen. So stimulated with joy till they said, they're drunk on new wine. Hallelujah. You know, you can't put new wine in old bottles. The old bottle, it'll crack and it'll bust. When that wine begins to bubble up on the inside. You got to put it in a new bottle. You know, that was a wine skin. Would be an animal skin that was tanned just right, made for the wine. And a new, a new bottle, when the, when the wine began to expand as it was working, the life was working in it, it just puffed out and pushed out, shoved out and filled out that old wine skin. But if you was an old, old wine skin, an old bottle, Come on now. Amen. You would bust. That's why you can't put this new wine in old bottles. You gotta be made new. That's what's the matter with a lot of church members today that are still old bottles. But oh, there on the upper room, there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And here come a bunch of new wineskins dancing out that had just been filled with the Holy Ghost. And they begin to shout and speak in other tongues, glorifying God. I'll tell you why they have been filled with new wine. And when you get the new wine of the Holy Ghost, it'll cause a stimulation of revelation down on the inside of you. It'll make you want to shout. It'll make you want to rejoice. Hallelujah. When you see what God has done in this day, it don't make a scholar out of you. It makes a shouting Christian out of you. Hallelujah. That's what it does. Oh my. Now, let me just bring it down. So, well, Brother Tim, but it isn't in all joy. It isn't just joy, yeah? No, there's a lot of things been restored. Brother Branham talks about restored truths. And in restoration of the bride tree, he talks about how that the tree had been restored. And the fruits had been restored back. The bark, which is doctrine, came back on. The different, the different things had come up on it. I'm bringing it down to a close. And, and there he began to say, 
he, he began to say, uh, you know, some things in the restoration of the bride tree. And he, he let us know we have a right to joy. Because this moment, yet it's solemn, knowing the death angel's coming, is joy, knowing the morning is about to dawn. And we're here at our last night in Egypt. No more will the slave belt strike us. No more will we come, will we ever be subject to the toils of this life. We can reach over and eat some of the bitter herbs and remember what it was like. All the bitterness of this life and compare it with the sweetness of the lamb. We have a right not just to the solemn feast, not just remembering the death of the lamb, not just to saying I have the unleavened bread and the roasted lamb, but we have a right to joy. We're going home. I said we're going home. I said we're going in a rapture. It's rapture hour. It's, a, it's resurrection hour. The dead in Christ is about to rise. Amen. Any moment they can might be starting to appear among us. And when we see them, we're going to be changed in a moment. Twinkle of an eye. We're close. We're closer than any other age. This is the last age. There's not another one coming. We're at the finish line. Are you with me? Amen. We're here and we've got a right to joy because we are leaving here. Punch your neighbor and tell him we're leaving. I'm not staying. Amen. We're returning to our homeland. The land of Peter, James, Paul, John. We're returning to the doctrine that Paul preached. And you're going to tell me I got to be quiet and solemn when I think about what I'm fixing to experience when the dead in Christ rise. Amen. So Brother Branham said, this bride tree, one of those bugs, the palmer worm, the canker canker worm, the caterpillar, the locust, one of them ate all the joy off the tree. A lot of times I look at a lot of stripped-down Christians. And a lot of times I look at a lot of stripped-down churches. The joy is long gone. And the joy of salvation has been eaten off of the tree. Maybe you're that way this morning. The first thing I want you to know, he said, restoring to me the joy of thy salvation. It ain't your salvation, it's his. And he can restore the joy of your salvation, of his salvation. But he said, another fruit that one of these varmints ate off off the tree was the joy of salvation. You people make too much noise. So, Brother Branham, how can you preach? A woman said to me one time, said, no, it was a man, said, and I hope he's here. He belongs to another church, but he said to me, I was up to hear you the other day, and I couldn't even hear you for them people crying. 
said, how in the world can you preach? I said, if they didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't be preaching there. And he said, this, this was a Sunday school teacher. And he said, Brother Branham, how in the world can you preach? And all them people screaming, amen, hallelujah, and crying and screaming. He said, why, if they wouldn't do it, I couldn't preach. Brother, that's right. I said, I can't preach unless they do holler like that. I don't know where I'm standing. I don't know how they're receiving it. Right. Right. He, he said, well, you know, that get me so excited. He said, it doesn't mean, if, you know, if there's nothing going on, that's when I get excited. I get worried there. He said, you, you know, your amen don't hurt me. Your shouting and crying doesn't hurt me. A friend of mine, old Jim Poole, had a dog. So we used to have a dog we called Fritz. Said he'd go into every, anything we treed but a skunk. He was afraid of a skunk because he smelled so bad. So he said, if I get, him, uh, get a skunk under a, a brush pile, all I had to do was pat him a little bit and say, sick him, boy, sick him, boy. And he'd go get that skunk because I was patting him, saying, sick him, boy. And he said, that's the thing it is. The worst thinker I know of is the devil. So when I'm bringing this word out and somebody says, amen, that sick him, boy, we'll get him freed. Amen. And he said, David, he didn't lose his salvation, but he lost the joy of it. said, Lord, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. This little old palm worm began to eat that fruit of joy out. said, you people make too much noise. I tell you, all this shouting, amen, all this shouting, that's nonsense. There's nothing to it. First thing you know, he's sat in a big morgue somewhere. Some of them pumped him full of embalming fluid of some so-called doctrine and creeds pumped into their veins where the Spirit of God ought to be running, where the old church creed pumped in there. No wonder they sit icy, cold, and dead spiritual thermometer 90 degrees below zero. Amen. Brother, Brother Jack Cole was preaching about that here some time ago about the backslidden condition of the church. This is 1954 or six or five or six. And he's preaching about the backslidden condition. He says, you know, he said they, they got snow in, in the pew. He said, and frost in the choir. And he said, they got a six-foot icicle standing in the pulpit. And that's the condition that the church has got in. Well, I'll tell you what, we don't ever want to turn this church into a morgue. We want a place that is filled with the Holy Ghost, the movement of the Spirit. When the bride tree is restored, we'll not only have doctrine to bark, but we'll have leaf, the joy. Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we have a right to be happy. We have a right to shout. We have a reason to rejoice in the God of our salvation. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Then rejoice with all of your heart. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord with all of your heart. Praise Him with everything that's within you. Praise Him with a high-sounding symbol. Let everything that breathes breath praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Is there praise in this church this morning? Amen. Is there joy and rejoicing? Hallelujah, the blood is applied. The death angel's on the outside, and I'm sealed in with Christ. Amen. Let the musicians come. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Is he wonderful? Amen. Do you find he's wonderful? Is he wonderful? Do you love him? Oh, the joy, the joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord. Amen. Oh, today, church, we have every reason to rejoice. We have a reason to be happy. We have a reason to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you there's a token applied. Thank you there's a love for this word, Lord. Thank you for there's a love for truth. I love you. Amen. In moments like these, I sing out a song. Let's just love you just for a moment. In moments like these, I sing out. Can you sing out your song? I sing out. I love song. In moments like these, 